Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is the sermon for the week of March 31st, 2019, the fourth Sunday of Lent. The sermon is entitled, Who Would Do That? and is based on Luke chapter 15, verse 1 through 3, and verses 11 through 32. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copen. The text for the message comes from the Gospel reading. Let us pray. Dear Father, you wait for us. You look for us. You forgive us and make us your own. And we are in awe at your great love and faithfulness. And may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. As we continue on in this season of Lent, we do so looking at another aspect of our Savior's walk to the cross. But we do it as we look at a very familiar passage from Luke chapter 15. And as a, as a pastor, you, you sort of get to this point wondering, is there anything new to talk about, right? I mean, is there anything different to consider? I, I heard a sermon one time on this chapter where the pastor was joking about it and thinking the same thing. He said, ha, I've got it. I'll preach the story of the prodigal son from the view of the fattened calf. They've never seen that before. (laughs) Now, we're not going to do that today. We do need to consider the story of the prodigal son in light of everything else happening in, in chapter 14 and into chapter 15. The reading starts off, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. In Luke 14, beginning of verse 16, he tells the story of a man that wanted to have a, a huge party. I mean, he, he spared no expense. He got the best caterer in town, hired the band, sent out the invitation to his friends. Really top-notch party. But then, one by one, they began to make excuses. They're, they're busy. They're They're cleaning out the garage, checking out their tax returns, uh, sorting out their socks, visiting their mom, whatever it is. They're all just too busy. And so orders the servants to do something else. He says, go out into the streets, into the parks, invite anyone to come, the, the, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Let's make it a little bit more realistic. Inviting in the homeless, the prostitutes, anyone who didn't have anything else to do, and they come. And when they do, celebration begins. But really, who in the world would do that kind of thing? No one, right? In Luke 15, right after the first part of our reading from after uh, verse 4, Jesus asks another question. If you had a hundred sheep and one of the silly animals gets lost, don't you leave the 99 and go and search for one that's lost? And when you find it, you call up your friends and ask them to rejoice with you because your lost sheep has been found? And when that one is found, a celebration begins. But who would leave 99 sheep unattended and go search for the lost one? I mean, you don't even know where it might be. You know, no shepherd's going to leave the flock to the dangers of attack by wolves and and foxes and dogs. Uh, why, Why put the flock at risk for the sake of one sheep that didn't have the sense to follow the shepherd? Who in the world would do that kind of thing? No one. 
after that, in Luke 8, uh, 15, verse 8, he asked the question, if you had ten coins, you lose one of them in the living room somewhere, you're going to tear out the carpet, take the furniture out in the front lawn in search of that one coin, you're going to turn the house upside down, and when you find that one coin, you're going to ring up your friends and neighbors and throw a party because of your good fortune. What's one coin? (laughs) After all, you have nine others, right? And why celebrate the finding of the one coin? It's just just a little ridiculous. Who in their right mind would do something like that? The answer is simple, no one. And then the reading today, beginning at verse 11, Jesus tells the story of a young man. Not only is he rude to his father, he's unkind to him and demands his share of the inheritance before his father even dies. And then he leaves home, he goes far away, father loses all contact with his son. Maybe it's just as well because his son gets into all kinds of trouble, gambling, alcohol, drugs, prostitutes, the the, the parent's worst nightmare. And when the son does come home, he's hanging his head in shame, and what's the father do? Throws a party for him. In fact, it's the biggest party that anyone in town can ever recall. It seems as if he is rewarding his son for his rebellious life and his rude behavior. Well, that's exactly how it seemed to his uh, oldest brother. And then what parent wouldn't lose their cool when one sibling can't see anything good in the other? The one who complains bitterly that that no one's ever thrown him a party, and he's been really good. (laughs) He thinks he deserves it because he has worked hard on the farm while his brother was off having a sinful, selfish time. What kind of parent would do something like that? You know, these, these stories of Jesus, sort of, they seem to be like over the top, right? I mean, no one would dream of in, uh, inviting everyone uh, from the streets to a fancy dinner, right? No one would think of leaving 99 sheep to go search for just one. No one would think it worthwhile to tear the house upside down just for a single coin. And who would throw a party for someone who squandered everything that had been given to them? Acting like that is reckless and irresponsible. No one would do this kind of thing at all. (laughs) No one except God. We would not act in that way, would we? Because it's easy to walk away from things in our society. It's easy to throw things away. And not only physically, but mentally, right? We live in that throwaway society. I mean, if the toaster breaks, (laughs) throw it away, get a new one. If we lose a pen, even if it is our favorite, we don't waste a whole lot of time and effort looking for it. Just go to a pile and get a new one, or go to a store and get a new one. If we lose some change from our pockets, not to worry. It wasn't worth much. We're not even going to miss it. Some people have even thrown away other things, right? Thrown away marriages. If it doesn't work with one, just exchange it for another. Uh, the recent views of abortion advocates make it seem like life can easily be discarded to advance just your own feelings. The sheer number of abuse and murder stories in the news, some people regard human beings just as a throwaway commodity. We throw away all kinds of things. We throw away relationships and love and care and compassion and mercy. It would seem as if Jesus tells us these stories about God in direct contrast to the throwaway world in which we live. If someone is lost or broken, God does not throw them away. God does not replace them. You could say that God has an obsession about each and every one of his children. He doesn't want to lose a single one. 
Each one is irreplaceable, and if one goes, becomes lost, God will go to any lengths to find them. God will go to any lengths to repair the broken. God will go to any lengths to carry him or her back on his shoulders again. Despite the throwaway and replacement way of thinking in our world, these parables give us a message loud and clear that we are loved. Loved by a reckless and relentless God, and each individual has value that cannot be measured in human terms. You know, God's love is reckless. It's going to do anything. It's going to go to any lengths to save us. His love is relentless because it never, ever gives up. God keeps on loving us at those times when we think he should have given up on us. Like the father in Jesus' story, the father kept on waiting and kept on watching for his son to return, and he kept on loving him in spite of the hurt that he caused his father and his family. And the son returns, expecting to be treated at best as a servant. The son is amazed. What's the father do? The father uh, tucks his robe under his arm, and, and he runs without shame down the road to greet his son and welcome him with open arms. He, he replaces his son's dirty clothes that smell like a pigsty with new clothes and shoes. He gives him a ring that indicates his restoration as a son of the family. And he's so overjoyed at his return that, that he orders this lavish feast to be uh, uh, held in his honor. He wanted to celebrate, and you see, that is God's love for you and for me. His father still loved his son, even though he didn't deserve that kind of welcome. He had never given up on his son. His love never faltered as he waited and watched each and every day, looking down that road, just looking for a glimpse of his son. He didn't put conditions on his restoration into the family. You know, if you do this or if you do that, then you can come home. No. He loved him and welcomed him home unconditionally. He was prepared to take the chance. You might see he was prepared to take the gamble and trusting his son, even though the son had done nothing to prove himself. He was prepared to take his chance because he loved his son and forgave him. Then there's the older son. <laughs> he's upset with his younger brother that he's been welcomed back with such enthusiasm. Uh, he's steamed at how the father really loves him. And he could do nothing but run his younger brother down. In fact, he doesn't regard him as a brother, right? He calls him that son of yours. Not my brother, that son of yours, not mine. His brother hadn't done anything to deserve his father's love in this magnificent feast. In fact, he deserves to be tossed out because of the way he treated his father. This older brother is self-righteous and arrogant and full of self-pity it's hard to love someone like that, and yet the Father does too, loves him. When many of us would have gone up to them and said, well, get your act together and act like an adult, the Father explains, we had to celebrate. We have to be happy because your brother was dead, and now he's alive. Your brother was lost, and now he's found. And then he invites him be part of that celebration too you see that is God's love for you too now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered this man welcomes sinners and eats with them Jesus is accused of being friendly 
with those who are considered to be the dregs of society, the outcasts, people like the, the tax collectors, the, the prostitutes, the lepers, the, those that had no morals, those that enjoyed doing evil. Uh, Jesus had no problem with Samaritans. They were despised by his fellow countrymen. And even the Pharisees are not out of reach of the love of God. And Jesus' love for them is evident, even as he's hanging, hurting, and dying on the cross, says, Father, forgive them. You know, Jesus tells these stories about the banquet, about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, to highlight the amazing love of God. He wanted the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, he wants us to realize how reckless and relentless God's love truly is. It is at this point that the love of God gets a little offensive, doesn't it? Instead of giving the prodigal son a good tongue lashing and reading the riot act before he sets foot in the house again, he simply loved. Would we do that? No, probably not. And again, because of the shepherd's love for the lost sheep, he leaves the flock in the wilderness and risks everything for that one. Would we do something as crazy as that? Probably not. And again, God's love, God's son, leaves the security of heaven, becomes one of us. He suffers, he dies, he risks everything for us. And even though we don't deserve it, only God's love in such a wreck, uh, only God can love in a, in a reckless and relentless way like that. Sinners are given a welcome. It doesn't matter what we've done, it's quite clear he died for the ungodly. Everyone. No matter how badly we sin. It's no wonder there's a lot of celebration in Luke chapter 15. Whenever something was lost and it is then found, there's a party. The shepherd who who finds the lost sheep He comes home crying, I'm so happy, I found my lost sheep, let's celebrate. The the woman who had found the lost coin, uh, she calls her friends to celebrate, let's celebrate, I found that lost coin. When the wayward son returns home, the father says, this son of mine was dead, now he's alive, let's celebrate, let's be happy. My friends, we are deep in the Lenten season. It's a time when we acknowledge our own sinfulness, our own rebellion, our own rejection of God. Just like the younger son. But we also acknowledge our own hard-heartedness and lack of love and compassion like the older son. We're aware of the terrible effect that sin has had in our lives. We realize the havoc that 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 it causes in our world and And like the younger son who sat in the pigsty, we realize how much we've offended God. How unworthy we are to be called his children. But then he runs to us. He picks us up. He he cleanses us. He forgives us. He, He celebrates that he has found us and he brings us home. It's really something worthy of a party when we hear this morning that Jesus welcomes sinners and outcasts because he is stripped, beaten, and mocked and nailed to the cross because of that love. On the cross, he looks down on us sinners and and with the last few breaths, he says, Father, forgive. The blind are made to see. 
The lame are made to walk. The hungry are fed. The lost is found. The dead is made alive. The sinner is forgiven. Who in the world would do that kind of thing? No one except God. Thanks be to God for the amazing love and forgiveness. Now, let the celebration begin. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.